Good morning, wherever you are, and welcome to St. Michael's in the Morning, a podcast series encompassing everything from sermons and services to special audio presentations, brought to you by St. Michael's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas. For more information, or to make a donation to St. Michael's, please visit www.st-michaels.org. From today's reading from Malachi, For the Lord is like a refiner's fire, and he will sit as a purifier of silver. He will purify the descendants of Levi and refine them like gold. In the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Please be seated. A few weeks ago, I saw a bumper sticker on the back of a car that said the following, Christians aren't perfect, just forgiven. Now, I have to say, I can acknowledge the uh, truth in this statement, certainly, but it irritated me. Obviously, Christians aren't perfect, and I certainly believe in God's total and complete forgiveness. But the idea that we are just forgiven, meaning that beyond forgiving us, God has no further claim or goal for our life, well, I thought about this, and it just got me going. I mean, it's amazing how one moment I'm minding my business, sitting on 360 in total, complete peace, then I see the back of a 2014 Toyota Corolla and ruins my whole week. I had a Bible in the car with me and had traffic not, you know, picked up. My plan was to take that Bible and to run over to this car and to open it up to Philippians 1.6, where Paul says, I am confident of this, that he who began a good work in your life will bring it to completion by the day of Christ Jesus. And as this all played out in my head, um, he would have said, thank you, kind sir, for correcting my incomplete theological worldview, and he would have removed the bumper sticker then and there. Because as Paul says in Philippians, God doesn't just forgive and then move on. No, God's commitment is to stay with us, to hold us, to purify our heart, and to refine who we are so that in time, God might bring to completion the good work God began in creating us. And it is this process of interchange that Malachi speaks of today when he likens God to a purifier of silver. Now, last week, I have to say, I got lost in articles and YouTube videos researching this process by which silver is purified And one of the things that struck me was how much presence and skill is required of a silversmith in order to do this work well. He had to hold the silver in the middle of the fire where the flames are the hottest. Otherwise, the impurities won't burn away. He also had to know when it was time to remove the silver from the fire so that It didn't get damaged beyond repair. And it occurred to me that the same must also be true about God. 
namely that when the flames are the hottest, that when the circumstances in our life are the most difficult, that this is when God has the greatest capacity to bring deep and lasting change into our life. And I say this as one who freely admits that I am always trying to wiggle my way out of difficulty. And as someone who knows how tempting it can be to interpret hardship as a sign of God's absence, the medical diagnosis, the grief, the confusion and exhaustion, that feeling of being alone and not quite knowing what to do next, these experiences are ones that we don't like or wish for or always welcome. And by no means, to be absolute clear, do I believe that God wills tragedy or that God sends us hardship in order to teach us a lesson that is not what I believe about God. But I do know that God is very resourceful and that when the fire in our life burns hot, that God's capacity to purify our heart, to refine us, to make us more trusting, more compassionate, more humble, more human, that when suffering comes, that this is often when God does God's finest work in our life. Because here's the thing, in 12 years of ordained ministry, not a single person has ever come to me and said, I'm so excited, I read this book. It's called Five Easy, Convenient, Pain-Free Steps Towards Transformation. I followed the plan, and it worked. It cost me nothing. I'm completely new. That's never happened, and it never will. But what I hear all the time from people who are going through very hard things, they'll say things like, I'm learning so much about what it means to trust God or to love other people or to love myself. I hear about people having their faith strengthened and their courage renewed in the face of some of the most trying of circumstances. And here's the thing, we all know this to be true, that it's the hard things in life that most transform us when we consciously embrace them as part of our life with God. Not when we play the victim, not when we cast blame, not when we wallow in self-pity, but when we take responsibility for our life and for the sort of person we are becoming by embracing the suffering we experience as part of our life with God. And so here's the question I want you to pray through this week. Is there maybe a hard thing in your life that you are not looking at or something you are running away from? And if so, what would it mean for you to embrace this thorn in your flesh more consciously as a part of your life with God, all with the understanding that whatever fire it is, God's intent is not to damage you or to destroy you but always to purify and refine what is good. For that is God's intent. It is God's finest work in the human heart to purify our life, to refine us, to make us shine. This is what God does best. 
And I'll be honest with you, there was a time in my life when I thought this was my job to refine myself, to clean myself up. In fact, whenever I went to seminary and moved into a dorm room as a 23-year-old man, I was very pious. <laughs> I woke up every morning at 5 a.m. I read theology for an hour. This was then followed by 45 minutes of contemplative prayer. Time showering and getting dressed, that wasn't wasted. I used that time to commit a large portion of the New Testament to memory. I went to morning prayer every day and Eucharist. I often skipped class because I believed I could learn more in the privacy of my room. Probably don't have to spell it out for you, but I was the most popular kid on campus. <laughs> but I had this really deep and committed spiritual practice but looking back, to use the words of Malachi, my offering probably wasn't fully pleasing to God because part of it was driven by this desire to perform, to perform for God the same way one might perform for a boss or perform for a parent. Here I was in seminary, and I didn't yet know fully that I was loved by God. I thought it was my job to hold on. And what I didn't know was I was the one being held. But a few years later, there was a metaphorical fire in my life. A difficult thing happened. And slowly but surely, my sense of how God was at work in my life expanded and enlarged. And I came not to believe, but to experience and to know Paul's words in his letter to the Romans as being absolutely true. For we know that suffering, he says, produces perseverance. And perseverance, character. And character, hope. And then he says that hope will never disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that he has given us. And so where in your life are you asking God to save you from a fire that God is asking you to enter into more consciously? And if that sounds like a hard question, you are not mistaken. It is the toughest of questions. It's a very hard question. And so let me tell you the only thing that will enable you to ask that question and to stay with it. And that is the unshakable truth that God loves you and that there isn't a fire on earth, in heaven, or in hell that Jesus hasn't felt, that Jesus doesn't know, and that God wills nothing but your eternal good. The fire you fear, it is not meant to destroy you, but to refine you like gold. And so to go back to that silversmith I quoted earlier, someone asked him how he knew when the purification process was complete. And his response, I thought, was pretty cool. I know it is finished, he said, when I can look at the silver and see my own image reflected back. I know we are not perfect. I believe we are forgiven. 
But that is never just the story. The God who created us in God's image, God does not just forgive, but he will stay with us until he sees that image shine. And this image of God imprinted on our soul, it is the deepest truth about our being. All those impurities we tend to identify with, our wants, our wishes, our fears, our complaints, our goals, some of it's good and beautiful and God will refine it, but some of it honestly is what keeps us from shining and the one flame will make sure that it gets burned up at the right time and this will be the love of God. For we are the descendants of Levi, and God will not rest until we are refined as gold. And God can look upon our life and see nothing reflected back but himself. Amen.